Since 2015, Toronto's been working to harness the biogas emitted from your organic waste. Yeah, the stuff that you put into your green bins. They have partnered with Enbridge, and they built a a processing facility on Dufferin uh, Street. And, And they are looking to take the biogas that they make there and put them into the majority of Toronto's collection trucks, which collect your green bin waste and power them that way. It's a really novel approach to uh, not only uh, re- reduce and reusing, but also to uh, make sure that we are not um, filling uh, the air with uh, more nasty uh, carbon byproducts. Here to talk about it, Carlisle Khan is Director of Infrastructure and Resource Management at the Toronto uh, City of Toronto Solid Waste Management Services. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for the opportunity. Okay, I love this idea, taking food scraps and using those food scraps to uh, fuel Toronto's garbage trucks, which pick up the fuel scraps. That's what's called a closed loop. And what you're making is uh, renewable natural gas. Tell us a little bit about the project, how it works. Absolutely correct. Uh, The City of Toronto, as you know, has a green bin program where residents and businesses participate. They put organic material into the green bin. First of all, the big benefit there diverts it from landfill. This material in the green bin then goes to a processing facility where we pre-process it and we feed it into anaerobic digesters. These anaerobic digesters, they break down the organic material in the absence of oxygen, and they basically produce methane and carbon dioxide. From there, the traditional way was to flare that gas. We've looked at technologies and innovations on how we can actually clean that gas, get it to pipeline quality, and injected in the pipeline through our partnership with Enbridge. I want to stop you there. You said the original, what happened, what would happen uh, before is you would flare the gas. Tell us what that means. Uh, basically, that is you burn the gas. Um, it, it's a waste stream, and you have to find a way to break down the methane and produce carbon dioxide. So you, no different than a candle, you're basically flaring or burning the gas. So you're just wasting it. It's not going to help anything. That's correct. Okay. It, it, it's, uh, we're wasting a resource, and we recognize it as a resource. In addition, as you convert the, carb- the methane to carbon dioxide, that's being released to the atmosphere. By converting it to renewable natural gas, you're closing the, the loop there, and you're keeping the carbon in the, me- in the methane. So you're reducing the city's carbon footprint? Correct. For that facility, we're reducing it annually about 9,000 tons wow, that- of carbon dioxide. That's huge. That that is significant. Is there any municipality other than Toronto working on this right now, or are you guys kind of uh, at the fore here? I I think we're at the forefront of it. Um, Our partnership with Enbridge is is the first that they've entered into, um, but it will hopefully be the first of many. What we've uh, developed or produced here, I think any municipality can follow. And uh, it's fairly, you know, proven and tested in terms of producing renewable natural gas. Now, I know the public has to do its part to make this program a success. Tell us a little bit about what, you know, what the, the pitfall is with this project. Yeah, from the public's perspective, the best thing they can do is be very conscious of the material that they put into the Green Room program. Um, if there's any questions, we have a lot of material on our, the City of Toronto's website. In addition, we have the Waste Wizard, which will help residents um, confirm what they can put into the green bin. But the easy rule of thumb, and this is the way I explain it to my daughter, is if you can eat it, chew it up, it belongs in the green bin. Um, We do have additional items 
um, in the green bin, and I would definitely refer to the Waste Wizard and the City of Toronto website for those type of materials. I think that's a good way to, you know, uh, explain what's going on because this, the anaerobic digesters work on, on the same principle as your stomach does in, and essence, you, in your yeah, system, yeah. The technology is mirroring the human body. You're taking organic material, you're digesting it, you're breaking it down in the absence of oxygen, and therefore you're producing methane and carbon dioxide, which can then be cleaned up and uh, produce uh, renewable natural gas. I also think one of the key benefits to is if this material was not diverted from landfill, it would go into a landfill. Right. And there it would actually produce methane for 20 to 30 years. That methane is usually vented directly into the atmosphere. So in terms of greenhouse gas reductions from landfills, this is also a key significant contribution to reducing that. Now, that Dufferin Solid Waste Management Facility that I mentioned, uh, it's state-of-the-art, but it is not uh, in full operation yet. It will be in the new year. How much organic waste are we talking about that is going to be processed there? Our Dufferin Organics Processing Facility has a capacity of 55,000 tons of organic material, and we are actually in the commissioning phase of the project. And the renewable natural gas, the, the cleanup part, the cleanup, the condition and injection, that's actually under construction right now. And we should be able to inject the first green molecule renewable fuel in March 2020. You're not going to run the, uh, the, the trucks, the green bin trucks, um, at the beginning of this project completely on renewable natural gas. What happens at, at the start here? At the start, our hope is to run a blend of compressed natural gas and renewable natural gas in our fleet. We will be producing from 55,000 tons of organic material enough fuel to to run 80% of our fleet annually, and that's a solid waste management fleet. So it's a significant amount of renewable natural gas, somewhere in the magnitudes of 3.1 million cubic meters of renewable natural gas. That's what this site will produce. Do you have to retrofit the trucks at all? Um, Council made the decision a couple of years ago to go from diesel to compressed natural gas. So these, the older diesel trucks were end of life and they needed replacement. We made the decision through council to move to compressed natural gas. Immediately there was a 20% benefit in terms of emissions. So of the 170 trucks, how many of them are the uh, renewable natural gas type? Do we know? Uh, once we fully convert over, it'll be the entire fleet. Okay, but when we get going here in March? Uh, we should have most of our trucks um, converted over by then. I think wow. we have about 160 done, and we get about two per month from the supplier. Okay, so if they're working on two types of gas, how, do, how does that work? Can they mix? So a molecule of compressed natural gas versus a molecule of renewable natural gas, they're identical. Wow. There is no difference. Methane is methane. The source where you get it from be the fossilized um, Renew, uh, compressed natural gas versus renewable natural gas, that's the difference. Sky's, sky's kind of the limit with regard to this process. It's not just going to be a closed loop that we see with the you know green bin trucks picking up your waste, taking your waste uh, to the facility, turning into renewable natural gas, and then powering those trucks. Uh, what else is the city planning on uh, using this renewed natural gas for? I, th- I, th- I think the gas has a the potential to be used in heating buildings, rec centers, uh, heaters for pools. Wherever you have a end-of-pipe compressed natural gas app, um, technology, be it a heater, a boiler, it doesn't know the difference between compressed natural gas versus renewable natural gas. So we can now look at that from a triple bottom line. We can present to council the, the optimal or the most beneficial use of that RNG. 
And uh, once we have Council's blessing, then we'll move forward in terms of how we uh, divide that up and where we use it. Ultimately, it will lower the greenhouse gas emissions. And in terms of the climate crisis, this is probably the single most um, responsible action that we can take, and it's immediate, it's here, it's now, and we're actually doing it. Well, and, you know, people will be able to see it. Yeah, People always say, well, I don't know what's going on when I recycle, so I don't want to do that. Correct, and I, I think there's a strong story that resonates with the public. They understand that the material collected in the green bin is collected by a garbage truck, an organic truck, takes it to a facility, it's processed, and it goes back into the vehicle, it goes back into anywhere where we can use compressed natural gas. The, the cost-saving opportunity here is huge. Are you, is the city looking at opening another you know, solid waste management facility like Dufferin? Uh, without a doubt. We actually have a existing facility, the Disco Road Organics Processing Facility, and that came online in 2014, and it's been running uninterrupted. That's a 75,000 ton. We are now actually working with Enbridge to work on that project as we move forward. So that's the next one to fall in place. And then once we get that one done, we're looking at our two landfills, Keel Valley and Green Lane Landfill, as potentially the other two sites that we will invest in. Now, we all know that half of the city's waste management is privatized. Is there any interest from the private contractors? Have they been reaching out to you and saying, Carlisle, what are you guys doing there? Um, without a doubt, the, 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 the private sector has actually moved to compressed natural gas years ago. So um, they are looking at this fuel. We have the ability to write within our contracts the use of renewable natural gas uh, content. Um, so that's a policy decision that we have to bring forward in front of council. And, then, and they've been very supportive of it. And they've been very supportive of, I guess, climate change and things that we can do to reduce it. So I see, like you say, the sky's the limit with this. Well, you know, as a dad, it must make you feel pretty good going to work every day and, and knowing that you're part of this, uh, you know, uh, changing way of looking at how we can deal with our own waste and help the planet at the same time. Without a doubt, I think that's the, uh, for everyone on the team, that's kind of one of the big motivating factors. We all have kids and, and we all want to leave this planet a little bit better. And in terms of climate crisis, if it's a 40-degree planet or one-and-a-half, if we can get to one-and-a-half-degree planet, um, we're doing our part. And that touching point with, uh, I guess, the younger generation, my daughter, my daughter's friends, uh-huh. those are key in terms of, you know, the things that we're doing, the decisions we're making today, are we doing them in the right manner? Are they environmentally responsible? Um, are we hitting our triple bottom line benefits? And those are great touching points for us. Carlisle Kong, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks very much, Kelly. All right. Um, Carlisle, by the way, is works at the City of Toronto. He's the Director of Infrastructures and Resource Management of the City of Toronto. And I hope other municipalities were listening to this uh, because I think it's a really great initiative and it, to, to get behind. I think that it's really great to see people doing something. The human ingenuity is what's going to help, you know, save the planet and help us solve the climate problems that we have in front of us. You know, not, it's not inaction. It's not stopping doing things. It's going to be doing new things that's really going to help us go into the next level of you know, dealing with this and at the same time building a new economy around it. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.